The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Now the sons of Eli, they were priests or pastors, but they were corrupt. You know, we said that we are kings and priests, so we can learn from them. They did not know the Lord. People that don't know God. Ignorance of God. Ignorance of the things of God and the ways of God. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-punked flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. You know, in those days, their offerings were animals. They will kill them. They will sacrifice them. Right in the church. Are you not glad you belong to the 21st century? That you can bring your offering in an envelope? I am glad as a pastor. Let's service with that many like food. Then the priest will thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. And the priest will take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So the people's offerings will be inside, then the priest will come, he is allowed to take of it, just his own hook. The one that comes up belongs to the priest. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites that came there. Also, before they burned the fat, the priest servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat for roasting to the priest. Give a prophet offering or a priest offering or a minister's offering. The things we teach you to do here. For he will not take the boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man said, they should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He will then answer him, no, but you must give it now. And if not... I will take it by force. That was what they were doing. They were not supposed to do it by force. It was supposed to be a free willing thing. But Eli's sons were forcing the people. He must give it. He must give it. Verse 17. Therefore the sin of the young men was great before the Lord. Because of what they were doing, abusing the offering of the people, abusing the offering of the church. The Bible said, men abhorred the offering of the Lord. May your life and your lifestyle not drive people away from God. Yeah. Remember, you are kings and we are priests. We are talking about wisdom. The way they were handling themselves. People saw them and uh, don't want to be a Christian. Jump because of time. Verse 22. And pay attention. Now, Eli was very old. And he had everything his sons did to all Israel. He heard about their rascal behavior. And how, so they were not just messing up with the offering. Look at what else they were doing. How they lay with women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. People will come to church for night vigil to pray. This priest will sleep with them. In case you don't know the meaning of lay with women. <laughs> I'm just trying to help somebody here. So he said to them, why do you do such things? He actually tried to address it. For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. People are looking at you and it's because of you. That's why they are not praying, because you don't pray. People are looking at you it's because of you. They are coming late to church because you come late to church. People are looking at you. They don't give because you don't give. You are making people transgress. Verse 25. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Somebody should shout a lot to that one. Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. Verse 26. 
He now talks to us about Samuel. Samuel, the child, grew in stature, in favor with both the Lord and men. Praise the Lord. Verse 27. Then a man of the Lord came to Eli, Pastor T, and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the effort before me? And did I not give the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel by fire? Why do you kick against my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place? I mean, have I not called you? Have I not blessed you? Have I not appointed you to be a priest? Why are you taking for granted what the, the things I commanded you to do? Why do you kick, verse 29, at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than you honor me, more, more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Very big lesson there. Notice that Eli tried to correct his son, but he only stopped shy. He, he could have gone further. And God said, you are respecting your sons more than you respect me. You should have taken more stern action against your sons. Verse 30, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said that your house and the house of your father who, who walked before me for who walked before me forever? I mean, I gave you a promise, just like He has given us promises. I said, you and your father's house, you will walk for me forever, an eternal promise. So, but now, the Lord says there are very few times God changes His mind in the Bible. I've only counted like three or four times. This was one of them. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me. In other words, I promise to heal you. I promise to honor you. But far be it from me that I will honor you. And this is the reason God said there. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, they shall be lightly esteemed. You will not be lightly esteemed in the name of Jesus. Say a better amen. amen. Say a louder amen. amen. Let me just read a few more verses. It gets very interesting. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will be no old man in your house. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel. And there shall, be not, there shall not be an old man in your house forever. In other words, you people will not live long any longer. Any of your men whom I do not cut down off from my altar shall consume your eyes with grief and grieve your heart. If anybody by adventure lives long, it will be a sad, you know, it's good to live long, but if you are living long, live well. Not that you are living long in sickness. He said, anyone that lives long, it will be sadness you'll be saying. All the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. I'm reading Bible. I am reading, but not only am I reading Bible, the word of the Lord. God gave the prophet the message. Remain standing and listen very carefully. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, Enophni and Phineas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest, Samuel. I mean, Samuel was already in the house with them. And he went on and on. Glory be to God. The, the point here is, the lesson here is that these people were giving an amazing blessing from God, but for lack of honor, somebody say lack of honor, they lost everything. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You will not lose the promises and the plan and the purpose that God has given you or God has in store for you. In the name of Jesus. 
look very quickly at Romans. Pastor T, why are you reading scriptures like this? Are you trying to scare us? Are you trying to curse us? No. Glory be to God. I have that text here. Romans, I believe it's chapter 15. Quickly turn there as well. Let's read that before I begin to teach this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody lift their hands and say, Father, I honor you. I reverence you. I recognize that I too am a priest and a king. And I learn wisdom to honor God and to walk in a right way before you. Romans, the 15th chapter, very quickly. I believe it's in verse 14. No, not verse 14. Hallelujah. Don't worry, I have it. I've seen it now. Verse 4. Not 14, verse 4. Pastor T, why will you read the scripture like this? This is why I'm reading it. And this one is New Testament scripture. For whatever things were written before, including what was written in 1 Samuel chapter 2, they were written for our learning. Somebody say learning. learning. That we, through the patience and comfort of scriptures, might have hope. When we patiently read the scriptures, we are not going to be afraid because of how Eli and his sons behave. In, in other words, we are even going to have hope. Because what we are going to do, we are not going to make the mistake they did. And we, if God did, did not honor them, we will not make their mistakes and God will honor us. Somebody say, I have, I have hope. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blessing upon the reading of your word. Thank you for the things we are learning. And thank you that our minds are being renewed to walk in divine wisdom all our days in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Somebody shout a louder, Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. So I want to quickly bring to a close this teaching we started a few weeks ago about divine wisdom. Um, that was our devotional study for last month. This month, our study is on faith. We're going to start flowing into the teachings on faith from the midweek service this week. Um, we know God's will is for us to be wise people. God is a wise God. And we as children ought to be wise children. Let me hear someone say, I'm a wise child of God. And we start by saying that wisdom is a cure-all. In other words, no matter what I'm faced with in life, if I can begin to operate in divine wisdom as I ought, I can overcome or I can get the victory. I can locate what I need to do. I don't have to be running elter skelter when I'm faced with challenges. What I should do is to locate divine wisdom. And specifically, we learned from three kings. We noticed that all of them did foolishly. But one of them did not suffer the full consequences of his foolishness. He was able to recover himself. And that's the lesson we are learning. None of us is perfect. There will be, the odds will be that we have made mistakes, we are making mistakes, and we'll make mistakes. We can never get to a point where ah, you'll never make mistakes again, you never act foolishly. No. But what do I do? When I find out that I've been living foolishly, I should change. That's what David did. And David was able to recover himself. And he did not suffer the full consequences of his foolishness. In fact, look with me at 1 Samuel 18. Let me point out something powerful about David here that I think will help all of us. We read the story in 2 Samuel 24 where he acted, in fact, in his own case, very foolishly. Of the three kings, he was the only one that did very foolishly. But yet, he was the one that did not suffer the full consequences of his foolishness because he was able to repent and recover himself. And that's what you have to do. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Be humble enough when God begins to point out your error to repent. Watch this, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. Remember, this is before 2 Samuel 24. 
1 Samuel 18. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. He behaved wisely. Verse 14. David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Verse 15. Therefore, when Saul saw that David behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. Verse 30. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was, whenever they went out, that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So that this name, so that his name might be highly esteemed. Hallelujah. Four times in one chapter, they are telling us there was a season in David's life. Every step, every action was with wisdom. So that someone is acting wise in July doesn't mean he will act wise in August. Can I hear a loud amen? That someone did wisely in 2019 doesn't mean he will do wisely in 2020. We need to keep accessing divine wisdom. The same guy that did wisely here at a point in his career and a point in his life, he did very foolishly. The same Solomon that God gave wisdom like the sand on the seashore, he ended up in foolishness. That will not be anybody's story here in Jesus' name. So we need to learn how to access wisdom. And we've shared with you you can access wisdom from the Word of God. You can access wisdom from the Spirit of God. You can access wisdom in the place of prayer. That's why prayer is so important. You can access wisdom through impartations. Every now and again, we have impartation services here. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Throw your hands up in the air and declare by faith, I am full of the spirit of wisdom, like Joshua was. How did he get it? For Moses had laid his hands on him. Hallelujah. So through impartations from your pastors and other anointed men of God that have wisdom, you too can receive wisdom. Impartations and associations. Who are you following? Who are you learning from? Joshua was following Moses. In fact, when you read the story, he followed Moses closest than any other child of Israel. And when Moses laid hands on him, the spirit of wisdom that was working, Moses started working in him. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise, he who walks with wise men, he will also be wise. Somebody say, that is me. But a companion of fools will be destroyed. Say, that is not me. So we can get wisdom through impartation and association. We are told of the story of Saul. He came among the prophets and he to start prophesying. Hang around wise people. People that you can see the wisdom of God at work in their lives. We told you last week it's very easy to know wisdom. Just check your last month, your last six months, your last one year, your last three years, your last five years. If the results you've been getting have been satisfactory to a level, you have been operating in wisdom. If the results you have, not been, you have been getting are not satisfactory, you have not been using wisdom. These things are not complicated. Oh, hallelujah. And all you need to do when you realize you need more wisdom or you need more manifestations of wisdom, is there any such person here? Or have you gotten all the results you want to get? Have you arrived where you want to arrive? Why are you not raising your hand? Is there anybody that needs wisdom here? Before I know whether I'm talking to the right people. Look. Go for these channels. And the main one we are teaching is the fear of the Lord. Over and over again in scriptures, that is where wisdom starts. That is the foundation, the beginning of wisdom. Again, what do we mean by the fear of the Lord? We mean to honor God. That's what Eli and his sons did not do. In the case of Eli, watch his own mistake. It wasn't that he wasn't honoring God. He wasn't honoring God above honoring his sons. Oh, he tried to correct them. Hey, why are you coming late? I called the pastors a few weeks ago. I didn't even discuss it. I was praying in the office during the week. Any boss that comes late to church, I give them a timeline. Ah, this church will not pay for it again. We can't be assisting you to come to church and we are the one assisting you to come late. And it's not a discussion. 
I don't know how people can be coming late to the presence of God. Where did they learn it from? I'm not the one teaching them. I'm not the one teaching them. <laughs> can someone shout a loud amen? Okay, those of you that don't like me, maybe after a while, you will shout your amen when you get home. It means reverence. And I saw this when Pastor BC, I mean Pastor Duper was teaching last week from the Amplified Version. It means obedience. Hallelujah. We read that scripture about Jesus, um, Isaiah 1 from um, verse 11. Obedience, reverence. Hallelujah. Are you still here? So we start breaking it down. Before someone says, okay, what does it mean? What does honor God, fear of God? We are breaking it down further. The beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. What does that mean? It means to depart from evil. When you are walking in the fear of the Lord, you will shun evil and iniquity. Glory be to God. That's what they said Job did. What does it also mean? To have a good understanding and to do God's commandments. That's where the obedience comes in. You find out what God wants you to do. And by the grace which is on that word, you begin to do it. Hallelujah. Let me give you one or two other meanings of the fear of the Lord as defined by scriptures. I love this one. This is what we are doing this week as we are fasting and praying. Proverbs 15.33. Proverbs 15.33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. So wisdom instructs you to honor God, to respect God, to reverence God, and to obey God. And like we've said, it's the beginning of wisdom. The, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So when I'm walking in the fear of God, I will humble myself before God. That's what fasting and praying is. I've said this once in this church, I've said it a thousand times. People that don't fast and pray regularly, they don't know that they are being proud before God. I think for most of them it's a lack of, it's, a, it's an ignorance issue. Now we are not talking about you are pregnant and you have a very good reason not to fast. Even at that, do one hour fast or two hour fast. If you have a genuine reason. Fasting and praying is, Lord, I can't make it in August without you. I humble myself. I won't eat. You pray, seek his face, you hear from him. It's an expression of reverence for God. Oh, hallelujah. And look at this wonderful promise and wonderful operation of the fear of God in our life. Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verse 12 to 15. If you are still here, shout aloud, Amen. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Psalm 25 from verse 12. Him shall God teach the way he chooses. When you walk in reverence for God, when you honor God, when you respect God, God will begin to teach you things. Hallelujah. So these are the ways you know when you are walking in the fear of God. Are you learning? Is God showing you things? God revealing things for you? He himself shall dwell in prosperity. Somebody shout, I receive it. His descendants shall inherit the earth. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. I mean, God will be handing secrets over to you. Pastor T, this is what to do. And when you do it, Pastor T, after two, three months, you will see amazing results. Things other people don't know. That even when you are telling them, it's sounding like Greek to them. Because it's a secret. The fear of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. So, where I want to come to with all this now as we close this series is, how can I fear the Lord? Constantly and consistently. How can the fear of the Lord be a part of my life? That I'm walking in it without any stress. Not that the pastor has to be teaching me every year, every year, every year. The same message, teaching me every year. How can I walk in the fear of the Lord? Philippians chapter 2, let me stress this here. This is also recommended for us New Testament saints. Before any devil starts telling anybody, all these things are Old Testament saints. There's nothing like that. They gave offering in the days of Eli. We give offering this day. 
The only difference is that they were bringing animals who you bring cash and check and credit card. The spirit is still the same. They were to honor God in the Old Testament. We are to honor God in the New Testament. Can somebody shout a loud amen? amen. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 12 to 13. Therefore, my beloved, look at your neighbor and say, Pastor, he loves you. Okay, you don't believe your neighbor. Let me tell you, I love you. Okay, you don't believe. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Somebody should get across to you that you are loved. Hallelujah. Watch this. My beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my, absence, my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. This is what we're talking about, eruptions. The things that are in you, work them out. There's no point you carrying the wisdom of God and we can't see wisdom in your life. There's no point you carrying the power of God and we can't see power in your life. That will not be your story forever. Work out your salvation. Ah, Pastor T, how am I to do that? With fear and trembling. For it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God is working in you. And God wants what he has put inside of you, his wisdom, his power, his righteousness, his favor, all the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus, God wants it to erupt, to be worked out of your life. The beginning is reverence for God. When you start honoring God as you ought, and learning to honor God and grow in it, God will begin to show you secrets. This is how to pray to get results. This is how to read the Bible to get results. This is how to confess the word to get results. This is how to give to get results. This is how to conduct your marriage. Many times these things are custom made. Hallelujah. Custom made. I've shared with you over and over again. I do, nobody ever taught me. I mean, I was saying, I'm doing it again now. Advanced tithing. It's not a doctrine. I'm not insisting. Me, I don't tithe based on my income. I use my tithe to set my income. The secret God taught me. I never had it from anybody. I've been doing it for decades now. I mean, I can't continue tithing at the level I was tithing six months ago. God has blessed me. My income has gone up. And I, I just, it's secrets. Somebody say secrets. And that's how you work out what is in you. Do you know prosperity is inside of you? Uh, Summer blast theme this year is unsearchable riches. Why will a Christian be broke? And you carry unsearchable riches of Christ out of you. I will tell you why. Learn to walk in the honor, fear, reverence, respect, obedience of God. God will teach you something. And when you use it, oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that's what Jesus brought, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let us have grace. Somebody shout grace. Do we have grace in the New Testament? Are you a recipient of grace? Are you enjoying grace? Watch this. Let us have grace by which we are to serve God acceptably. With reverence and godly fear. Godly fear goes with grace. In fact, you can't maximize grace without godly fear and reverence. They work together. You should do a study. I did a teaching about that in church a couple of years ago. Grace and grace always works with an and. It's grace and faith. Grace and peace. Grace and mercy. Grace and godly fear. Grace never works alone. What are the hands that should accompany grace? And it's when you embrace those hands that you will see the manifestations of grace. One of them, a vital one. It's reverence for God. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands where you are. Say a word of prayer. Say, Father, I receive instruction. I receive wisdom. I receive understanding. I receive revelation to step up in my walk of godly fear in this season of my life. I will not remain on the same level of reverence and honor 
and respect and obedience in my walk with you. Like any other thing we learn from God, we can grow in the fear of the Lord. Like you can grow in faith, like you can grow in wisdom, you can grow in the fear of the Lord. Let me close. Let me put this in your hand. This is how to do it. If you want to consistently and constantly walk in divine fear and be growing in it, that by this time tomorrow, you are walking in another dimension of honor and fear for God that is bringing in secrets of wisdom into your life, that is moving your life forward. Anybody interested? This last apostolic trip, Dr. K came. One of the most amazing things he taught us, I don't know whether you caught it, profound thing he taught us is that the Old Testament demanded, the New Testament demonstrated. How many of you caught that? Or heard it when he said it? Those of you that didn't hear, go and listen to the tape again. Under the Old Testament, it was about demand, demand, demand. Hey, fear God. Hey, come to church early. Hey, pay tight. Hey, this. Under the New Testament, it's not about demanding. And I, I think some people are like that when they come to church. We teach these things, and they are looking at it from a demand, demand, demand perspective. Somebody say no. You can't do it if you are operating with a demand paradigm. The way to walk in these things is to come into the demonstration paradigm. In other words, anything it sounds as if we are telling you to do, come to church early. Pay tight, fear God, serve God. What else do we say in church? Pray, fast. Eh? Anything we are telling you to do, realize that God has already demonstrated it towards us in Christ Jesus. Are you still here? This is not about making demands on you. Realize that in Christ, somebody say in Christ, everything has been demonstrated. And all you and I need to do under the New Testament, we don't go about it and say, hey, that's Old Testament. It doesn't concern us. You are just hearing your life. It concerns you. Every word of God is eternal. Every. Somebody say every. That's why when God gave you Bible, they put Old Testament inside. Yes, you are not to live under the Old Testament, but you are to interpret the Old Testament with the eyes of the New Testament. And why you may not Beyond the practices of the Old Testament, the spirits behind those practices, with the revelation and the lens of the New Testament, is what you take from the Old Testament. Oh, hallelujah. So when I read about Eli and his sons, it's not about um, picking off another. No, okay, what's God trying to tell them here? And then I say, Christ has demonstrated it. And this is how I walk in it. Please watch this. Watch this. I look to Jesus. This is how I walk in divine fear. This is how I walk in faith. This is how I walk in love. This is how I am disciplined to be punctual in worshiping God. This is how I fast. This is how I pray. This is how I serve. This is how I give. This is how I do everything now in this dispensation. I look to Jesus. And I see Jesus do it. And once I can see Jesus do it, keep my eyes on Jesus, the power and the grace that enabled Jesus to do it is imparted to me. Oh, hallelujah. And now I can pray. They don't have to be chasing me every week to come for prayer meeting. Now I can fast. I don't have to be feeling guilty when pastor is talking about fasting. Now I can give at my level. Because it was first demonstrated to me. So simple, it takes a devil to misunderstand it. So look at Isaiah 11 again. Did Jesus walk in the fear of the Lord? Yes. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow from his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. 
and counsel and might and the knowledge of the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Amplify says, reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord is. Reverence, respect for God and obedience. What is God asking me to do in August? Because I reverence him, because I respect him, I do it. That's what it means to fear God. Not that I start looking for excuses why I can't do it. Mm-mm-mm. Jesus, I want you to go to the cross. Ah, Lord, take this cup away from me. It's too hard. The pain is too much. The stress is too much. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Ah, so, and that's how we sacrifice. You look to him. So if God has ever told you to do something, I can't do it. Look at Jesus. How did you go to the cross? Keep meditating on that scripture. You learn consecration, so you start praying consecration like Jesus. And you start looking at it. All of a sudden, the grace to do what he did. The wisdom to do what he did. The revelation to do what he did. It just started. Demonstrated. You don't have to struggle. You can't even struggle. You can't fed your own distance. These are spiritual things. Flesh cannot handle them. But there's a way to do it. So, Jesus operated in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. In fact, verse 3 tells us he is the light of all the seven spirits. The number one, the beginning was the fear of the Lord. What we've been seeing all through scriptures. Look at the way it said in the New Living Translation. His delight is in obeying the Lord. Isaiah 11 verse 3, New Living Translation. His delight is in obeying the Lord. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. People that disobey God, they don't fear God. That's the only reason why God can tell you to do something, including going to kill yourself on the cross, and you don't do it. Your fear level of God is low. But not Christ, though. Glory be to God. He had grown, and let me tell you something, he learned it. How do I know? Hebrews chapter 5. Everybody learns these things. He didn't come with it from heaven. The Bible said he left his glory in heaven and he was born as a child. But he grew to be a son. Hebrews 5 and verse 7. Who, talking about Jesus, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, he didn't pray anyhow. He prayed with passion. He prayed with heart. Vehement cries and tears to him. Talking about God. Who was able to save him from death. And he was hard. May God always hear your prayers. Amen. This is how to do it. Number one, learn to pray scriptures. Number two, pray from your heart. <laughs> demonstrated. I don't have to struggle. How, how do I want to live a life of answer prayers? Look to Jesus. They told you how Jesus prayed. You keep looking at him. You meditate on scriptures. If you are not coming, ah, I pray, oh, don't ask God is answering me. You, you look to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Is somebody getting some help from heaven this morning? Demonstrated. Hallelujah. It's not about God demanding from you. It's Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. If you look to Jesus, like Jesus will be able to despise what you need to despise, and you will be elevated and promoted in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. This is how we prayed. And he prayed right and was hard. How? Because of his godly fear. God just helps someone. Why? He looks as if you are not having answer prayer. Sir, you don't respect God. Or you don't respect God as you ought. If you walk in a reasonable level of the fear of the Lord for your life, at your level, imagine me coming late to church now. You know God can accept that for someone that just got born again. Service has started at 8 o'clock. Pastor is now walking in at 8.30. Ah, we're under the New Testament. God is a God of mercy. God is a, you are abusing what God gave you. Like Eli's sons were abusing what God gave them. 
wrong spirit. He was hard because of his godly fear. Watch verse 8. How did he get godly fear? Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. In other words, from year 0 to year 30, Jesus was learning. 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 And from a child, he grew to such a height of reverence for God and honor for God that when God told him, go and die for humanity, even though he didn't feel like going and he didn't want to go documented, he still went. Somebody shout obedience. Hallelujah. I will close with this. Glory, glory, glory be to God. If you are here and you are struggling with anything we teach you to do in church, anything from this teaching of walking in divine wisdom through the fear of the Lord, including giving, including serving, including praying, including fasting. Let me help you this morning. When you look to Jesus, or I will say it this way, one of the best places to look to Jesus, we talked about this, God gave us this revelation the first day of our fast, when we are praying here. What you should look at, or what you should look for, is the love that Jesus demonstrated on your behalf. Let me shed his blood for you on the cross. There is no greater motivation. You know, we do what we are motivated to do. Pastor T, why do you fast? I'm motivated. Pastor T, why do you give? I'm motivated. Glory be to God. Pastor T, why do you serve God the way you serve God? I'm motivated. How do you get motivated? I look to the crucified Christ. I paint a picture through the eye of revelation. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago, but the spirit of revelation can take me back. And I'm seeing myself at the feet of that cross like John and Mary were. And I'm seeing him hanging on that tree. And I can see his flesh torn for me. I can see the pain. I can see the torn on his head. I can see the blood flowing down his side. And I'm seeing that he did it because he loved me. When you catch that revelation, sir, if they call 5 a.m. service, you'll be here. You'll be here. You will, come, you will sleep overnight to set up and clean the auditorium. Because you have the revelation of his love for you. Your problem is you have not received the revelation of divine love. That's why you can't carry your cross. Someone said, uh, you are not supposed to carry a cross. You are here teaching. You have to carry your cross, sir. Jesus said it. And they are eternal. Stop teaching people rubbish. But your own kind of cross is different. You're not supposed to die for humanity. But you have a cross of stewardship. Do you know how I got this since I'm teaching you? In prayer. Seeking God's face. What should we teach the people? That's my cross. Kind of. The application may not be the same. Yes, carry your cross and no testament scripture. But the spirit is the same. Someone has to preach the sermon. Hello? Someone has to do the sound. That's a responsibility. Hallelujah. Look to Jesus. If you see him hanging on that tree for your sickness, you will never be sick another day in your life. So, hallelujah. If you see him hanging there for your poverty, though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor, you will never be broke another day in your life. And when you see him hanging there because of his honor for God, Father, take this cup from me. It's going to be painful. The sacrifice is too much. How am I going to bear this thing? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When you see that demonstrated, the motivation to honor God at your own level, 
and it becomes stressless, effortless. It's another day in paradise. I'm not doing anything. No. I'm just following after Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you get something this morning? Rise up on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Somebody look to Jesus this morning. See him crucified. See him crucified. Please play that for us on the keyboard. Crucified. Laid upon. Yeah. Just play it. Play it. See him crucified. See him bearing your sickness. I told the people in the healing clinic, listen, play, I didn't say sing, listen. I told them yesterday, where we are, they said, this thing on you is not your own. Your own, Jesus took it 2,000 years ago. Catch a revelation that my own has been taken. This one is not my own. I reject it in Jesus' name. I gave them this analogy. God gave them this analogy. Imagine if FCC comes here in this office, hey, Pastor T, you're under arrest. The governor of Sokoto said two of you stole $1 billion together. I reject it in Jesus' name. I was, I'm in Lagos. I'm not in Sokoto. Even if they, as they are putting a call for me, they are putting the sickness on me. I say, it's not my own. There is another pastor. T. people are mistaken. I did not steal $1 billion from Sokoto. It is not my own. Even if they lock me up in prison, what will I be saying? It is not my own. Ten years in prison, like Joseph. I didn't sleep with her. It is not my own. That's what to do with sickness. It is not your own. See him carrying your own. This one is not my own. I don't care how long I've spent in prison. I am not the one that slept with that woman. No. I didn't rape anybody. I'm not the one that slept with her. I don't care how convincing her story is. I am not the one. And I will deny it my dying breath. Because whatever I did, Jesus took my own. You walk in that revelation of Christ. <laughs> Demonstrated. Leave those things where you are. Begin to see him. Begin to see him. That's how to walk in divine fear. Jesus demonstrated it and I can see him. I see him from Isaiah 11. I see him from Hebrews 7. I see him doing godly fear. Me too, I can do godly fear. In fact, I can grow in my godly fear to the point of death. To the, you are not yet there. All we're asking you to do is to come to church at 8 o'clock. But you can grow to the point of death. You can grow. You can grow. Demonstrated. 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 Healing demonstrated. Prosperity demonstrated. Restoration. We are praying for recovery and restoration and comfort today. Demonstrated. How? On that cross. Pastors, quickly, let's come to the community. Pray, church. Pray, pray, pray. Pray. Demonstrated. Yangato yala baba baba bosho. Open your mouth, pray, ask God to see, looking unto Jesus, Lord, open my eyes, open my eyes, I see somebody walking out of a long sickness, long-term sickness and disease this morning, because they can see Jesus demonstrated, <laughs> I see someone laying aside the hurt and the pain of the past. Because you can see Jesus. You can see Jesus. Please turn on the handheld for me. You can see Jesus. You can see Jesus. Are you looking up to Jesus this morning? Can you see love? <laughs> love demonstrated. He that did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us, how will he not with him give us all things? For God demonstrated his love towards us.
in that while we were yet seen as Christ died for us. Open your mouth and pray. See love demonstrated. See the fear of God demonstrated. See the wisdom of God demonstrated. See the power of God demonstrated. See the love of God demonstrated. And let it inspire you. Father, we consecrate these elements as the body and the blood. The body that was broken for us, the blood that was shed. Let every sickness and every disease that may be on anybody's body this morning, let them fall away in the name of Jesus as we partake of this table this morning. We see Jesus. We see him bearing our own. Anything on anybody is not ours. It's of the devil. I will reject it in Jesus' name. Let every other need, whether it's poverty, whether it's provision, whether it's relational or marital, whatever it is, that we can see Jesus demonstrating on our behalf today as we behold him on that tree. Let these things that don't belong in our lives, let them go forever in the name of Jesus. The power this covenant carries, the glory it carries, the wisdom it carries, we partake of it by faith in the name of Jesus. And the church shouted a loud amen. Pastors, please take your positions to minister. Someone should quickly serve the minstrels. Please come in faith. Come see Jesus. See him demonstrate love to you. And anything that does not look like your portion in Christ, reject it. And everything that looks like your portion that is not yet in your life, claim it. Somebody should take prosperity this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody take healing this morning. God told me there will be amazing instant miracles in this service. Things will happen suddenly for you. Things will happen immediately for you. Things will happen instantly for you. Things will happen now for you. Oh, hallelujah. Let me hear somebody shout now. Shout it louder now. As I see Jesus. I can't hear you say as I see Jesus. Christ crucified. And as I partake of his sacrifice for me. Miracles abound in my life. In the name of Jesus. Come and partake in faith. Go back to your seat praying and praising. And let the power of God begin to do amazing things in your life. In Jesus mighty name. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.